0: Why do Democrats hate Americans so much? When Hillary was running for president, she said half of Donald Trump's supporters were, quote, a basket of deplorables. Recently, Joe Biden at a speech in Philadelphia told America that half of us are semi-fascist terrorists. Under the First Amendment of the Constitution, we have the right to express our opinions. And if we disagree with the left, they don't have the right to take away our freedom of speech. Clearly, the statement by Hillary and Biden are designed to silence the conservatives in America. Many Americans find it easier to go along with the left and give up their right to disagree. What would America look like today if our founding fathers would have given in to the king and not fought for their freedom? Today, we must fight to take America back. Join the new generation of patriots who believe in the Constitution. Join the new revolution in America. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts, and it's time for you as Americans to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to Blacks and Whites, and joining us today is a gentleman who was on the very first show over two years ago uh, when we introduced Black and Whites, Dr. Robert Malone. And I wanted him back on because he's got a new book, uh, and I hadn't talked. But I haven't talked to him in a while, and I wanted to see where he was. I, doctor, just want to give you uh, a great thanks for joining me today. Uh, I've looked forward to this call for some time when I found out he was going to be available. So, welcome to the program.
1: Well, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, those were interesting times back then. Yes, Uh, sir. It was very early in my podcasting too. Uh, yep. A lot of change since then,
0: no question. Um, I want to start off by telling you what happened to me in 2022. I had three COVID infections, COVID, three COVID nineteen infections. I had three shots, had a heart attack. Oh, I'm sorry. So am I, so am I. It was it was. Uh, I had three uh, COVID three times. Last time I had it was just before Christmas. My wife had not had it until this last last bout just before Christmas. She got it. She's still dealing with the after effects of fatigue and cough and other other side effects. Um, I began to read your your new book, uh, and I, I have a lot of questions, and, and what we might have to agree to do is we'll do a show, and then in a week or two, we're going to have to do another show because it's... Probably a lot of things you want to say, and a lot of questions. Um, I guess I want to start off from from your from your creative mind that helped to develop the process for creating vaccines. As you look back in 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 your rearview mirror, what happened in this country?
1: Well, it's it's a lot more than just vaccines that's gone wrong here, uh, and it's still an open-ended question whether this was pre-planned for supporting some other agenda that had nothing to do with public health. Certainly there's a lot of indications that that's the case, but focusing just on the vaccine aspect of this, what happened was that there was this obsession in trying to advance a new technology at the expense of all else. And, uh, in doing so in record time and uh, a willingness to drop all of the accepted norms for how vaccine development should be performed to ensure safety and effectiveness in a kind of a mad crazed rush to avoid what was believed to be uh, the potential consequences of a highly lethal virus which turned out to not be highly lethal. And uh, so we've, uh, we're now living with the consequences of not only the willingness to bypass well-established international norms in terms of uh, clinical development and regulatory affairs, but also the deployment of what is truly military-grade psyops technology, fifth-gen warfare technology on civilian populations, particularly those of the Five Eyes nations, the U.S., U.K., Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. This is the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. And in all of these nations, we had military directly involved in deploying technologies that were developed for offshore combat against the likes of Al-Qaeda or in Afghanistan with the Taliban. And it was deployed against civilian populations in order to coerce and compel them to take the product. And then, of course, mandates were added on top of that. The belief system was that we had a highly lethal virus and an effective and safe vaccine, This was assumptions made during the event 201 planning in the fall of 2019, and the belief was that uh, it was likely that there would be civil unrest in the event of a major uh, epidemic or pandemic, and that in order to uh, overcome or reduce or eliminate the risk of civil unrest disrupting economies and in the fabric of society it was going to be necessary to weaponize information in the way that we've seen it done. Uh, The uh, irony of this of course is as often happens with intelligence activities the blowback was not foreseen or anticipated and the policies that were implemented that truly were arbitrary and capricious ended up causing exactly the type of damage to economies, people, children, uh, um, the general population that they had feared uh, would occur if they didn't implement their uh, heavy-handed authoritarian responses. So it's, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, when you decide that it's going to be necessary to employ these uh, very authoritarian practices on a population um, in order to prevent civil unrest and uh, lack of trust in the government and lack of trust in the public health response. It's no surprise if you lie to people and intimidate them and uh, use propaganda and censorship against them that they rebel. And they come to not trust the government, the public health apparatus, and now the entire vaccine enterprise. I think that's a that's a short version of the arc of history over the last three years.
0: Doctor, thank you for that. Uh, that I appreciate that a great deal. Um, I want to ask you somewhat a, a more personal question. As as one of the scientists who developed the manufacturing process to create the vaccine or any vaccine with a totally different way. Do you feel like your technology that you developed turned into a weapon and uh, you didn't foresee, at least during your development process, how the governments around the world and mayors and governors and and whoever would would weaponize the technology that you're responsible
1: for uh so it, are these vaccines a biologic weapon and that's a very hot topic of debate right now uh that implies that the developers were so uh wise intelligent knowledgeable that they were able to foresee the damage that would be caused by these products. Um, from I know many of these people personally, and I've watched what they've done and how they've done it and how this is developed. I see no signs of that level of sophistication. So the, the, the logic that this was an intentional depopulation weapon, which is widely circulated, uh, is impossible to refute. Uh, it is there's no question that many of these individuals that are um involved in the puppeteering have written extensively about the need for population reduction, um, depopulation, et cetera. We're talking about Noval Harari, Klaus Schwab, uh, Bill Gates, and many others. Uh that's that the their writings and their statements are there, they're in the public record. You can't deny that they have these agendas and that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been involved in the deployment of vaccine candidates in Africa that um, can only be interpreted as having been intended as a, a method for reducing fertility in African women. Also we have the history of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation activities in India that resulted in major regulatory changes in India and a rejection of further Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation involvement in the in India. Uh, that's a pretty big population and a pretty big political entity to basically say no, thank you, go away, go pound sand. Uh, so you can't you can't deny it, but, I see no um, tangible evidence and I'm not involved in and invited into the secret meetings. uh, So there's no way for me to know or testify to you that in fact, this, these set of products were so developed. However, uh, it is clear from uh, strategic military planning that the capability to rapidly develop a gene to vaccine uh, countermeasure, vaccine or, or antibody or whatever, is an essential part of current military strategy as it relates to biodefense and frankly, biowarfare. Uh, we cover up, uh, because of the very leaky biowarfare treaty, uh, the involvement of the US government in this sector. But as time has gone by, information is leaked out about this and about the involvement of the US government, both Health and Human Services and DOD, in capitalizing the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Wuhan Institute of Virology build out and design, having been uh, involved with the uh, leadership of uh, Stefan Bonsell, the current CEO of Moderna. I mean, the connections here are deep and broad. There's no way that I as a 28 year old in 1989, 1990, 1991 could have envisioned uh, how this technology would be deployed. Uh, Oppenheimer had a much better idea of how his work was gonna be deployed than I have had uh, for mine. I've had no role in these vaccines. uh, Although the press has often asserted that I've claimed that be the case.
0: Doctor, um, we're uh, out of time for this segment, but when we come back, I want to talk about your book. So we've been talking to Dr. Robert Malone, who's uh, back on our program again after almost two years, and we're going to continue the conversation after this break. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added 46 billion dollars to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Consolidation Program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call one 435 or go to the website cambridgeyescredit.org forward slash bw-podcast and get your house in order. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to BWRadioNetwork.com. That's BWRadioNetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today. We're speaking with Dr. Robert Malone, who was the first guest on Black and White almost two years ago. And as we were reminiscing at the beginning of the show, um, how we were both uh, novices in this, this new technology as far as broadcasting. And hopefully, we we've, we've, obviously by looking at your your set, it's fantastic. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about your book, but I before I talk about this, the contents of the book, I want to talk about the the prologue. Um, you, unlike many authors, you. Took some time to acknowledge the contribution that your wife did with you in your life, and in your research, and in the book. Um, I've done that in all the books that I've written, and I, I I think it's it's important that people understand that we as writers, regardless of the subject matter, if we're married, depending upon depend upon our wives, more than people would ever begin to understand. So I compliment you on the time taking the time to acknowledge the contribution that your your wife made to your success.
1: Well, thanks. We're really partners in this. Uh, we put out the daily Substack essays and at least half of them, she writes, I edit. The ones that I write, she edits. Mm-hmm. It's a team effort. Uh, we wake up in the morning and discuss the events of the day and what do we think rises to the level of things that we should opine on versus just cross post. And uh, it's absolutely a team effort. And we also travel together everywhere uh, over 400,000 miles last year, and it's not slowing down this year. But uh, that's, that's kind of a commitment we make to each other to ensure that we stay aligned and harmonized and strong in our marriage. And it's really that that makes us able to withstand a lot of the outrageous stuff that gets thrown at us Mm because we have the strength of standing together
0: right so the, the title of your book lies my government told me why did you decide to write the book
1: so the history of this was that i was asked because of my subject matter knowledge to edit bobby kennedy's book the real anthony fauci and uh, I went through two rounds of edits. It was uh, really quite grueling, and it left me fairly deeply depressed because I thought I had understood all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. And after going through that exercise, I realized that there was a whole lot that I'd missed during my career and not been aware of. Uh, and having done that, and and I did, I took the job seriously. Uh, I have great respect for uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his work, and uh, certainly was uh, really respected the work that was put into that book. It's highly detailed and referenced. Uh, Afterwards, the publisher of Sky Horse, uh, Tony Lyons, asked me if I would be willing to write my own book. Originally, it was intended to be more of a compendium of individual stories, kind of in a studs turkle sense from other physicians and people that have been on the front line. And the first third of the book still has that. But then what we did was uh, we took a chapter from literally from Charles Dickens. Uh, At the time when we were asked to start writing the book, Substack was really in growth phase. And uh, Steve Kirsch had recommended that we get on board and start writing Substack essays. And seeing if we can get some revenue stream from doing that. You know, at the time, my consulting business had collapsed, and we had no real stable income. And uh, so, faced with the need to build a book, knowing that it was going to take a long time, knowing that the publishing business, really, it, it's not as well compensated as it once was. You don't really make much money on books. Uh and therefore you don't get much of an advance. And uh, the advance that they were willing to provide certainly was going to pay the bills while we were getting it written. So we serialized it. And uh, and that really got us going as my wife and I as authors, uh, as writers, just the daily routine of punching out an essay every day uh, and growing the what we treat as a business our our essays that we put out through substack we treat as a business and then uh wrapping those up into a volume when we originally turned it into skyhorse it was twice as long and the criticism was the only people that will buy this are people that want a doorstop uh <laughs> so it got it got cut way down uh it's still not a small volume uh with Tons, you know, hundreds of references, et cetera. But uh, um, hopefully it can serve as a first draft of history for people. And it was because of this method of writing it over time in a serialized fashion on a daily basis, we captured a lot of detail as things were going along that I would never be able to recapture should I start writing a book now, some sort of historic volume because we were in the moment as we were writing it all the way through. So it's chock block full of references, citations, links, et cetera, to uh, media and other information that was put out at the time. I couldn't possibly recreate all that uh, if I was to start today, but that's how it happened. And that's, that's what launched it.
0: What do you think people should learn from your book?
1: The book is intended not so much for the people that are already uh, awake, let's say, that are fully aware of what's been going on, which is maybe 15% of the population, maybe on a good day, it might be 20%. Uh, it's intended for people in the persuadable middle that are starting to question, what the heck have I been through over the last three years? What you know? How do I make sense out of all the things that have happened, all the changes that have happened? And Uh, It's structured in three sections. The first, as as if you were a physician approaching a patient. So the first thing a physician does is take a history and physical. And that's the first section of the book is first person stories of this is what I've experienced for people like Paul Merrick and Pierre Corey and Meryl Nass and so many others. Then the middle part is sense making or the equivalent would be a, a diagnosis from a physician. How do we integrate all of this and make sense out of it? And I think that part is really useful for a lot of people. It's full of details and nuances. uh, The the journey of discovery of what is the World Economic Forum? What was the Great Reset? uh, What are the various public policies? What is the administrative state? uh, All these nuances that have all fed together to give us the COVID crisis as we've experienced it. Then the last third is my attempt to be more forward and positive. Uh, Originally, it was actually Tony Lyons that came up with the title, Lies My Government Told Me. And uh, everybody thought that was absolutely going to be a winner. But I thought it was just too dark. A lot of the stuff that Skyhorse publishes is quite dark. And I insisted that we include something in the title that would be forward-looking and more positive, so the better future coming. And uh, in that, I talk a lot about uh, the nuance of what Mr. Trump tried to do and why and how, and what was the logic behind it and why did it get stopped? Uh, What has happened with the Supreme Court appointments and why were they put in place? What is the underlying administrative law that's allowed the administrative state to take over? What is the senior executive service? What can be done about these things? What what is the source of the corruption in HHS and what can be done there? Uh, And then some practical forward-looking things. Uh, Grow a victory garden. Free yourself from the food chain. Uh, And um, the thing that is uh, really most forward-looking that I'm hearing from all over the world is people that are rejecting this dark, centralized, totalitarian Fourth Industrial Revolution, transhumanism, fusion of man and machine future that the World Economic Forum is quite literally seeking to shape for us 15 minute cities, you'll own nothing and be happy, all of these slogans that they push out to advance their position, which is that of basically a trade organization of the thousand largest corporations of the world that believe that they should be. Unelected uh, leaders uh, for the entire world. Uh, it is very much a fascist vision in the sense of uh, Mussolini's definition of fascism being uh, corporatism. It's the WEF really believes in a corporatist future that is based on a centralized command economy, which is basically Marxism. Uh, and uh, they think that the worker's paradise could be achieved if we only have enough data on every single person and all assets across the world, and we feed them into some sort of a massive algorithm, computational algorithm, whether it's deep learning and machine learning or simple AI uh, that will spit out uh, the optimal way to distribute resources for the likes of you and me of course, those that are the elite that are within the inner circle of the WEF with their private planes are completely immune to that, so that what they're doing is planning how things should be for you and I, and uh, they get to live in their own world, as we've seen them doing with Davos and their trips to uh, um, uh, the Middle East and and their annual trips to China during the summer. Uh I don't think we have to live in that world, and a lot of people think we don't have to live in that world. We can live in a world that is more decentralized, and I think that's the path forward to realizing the full potential of the human species, as opposed to this vision of a singularity in which the human species is gone, God is considered dead, man is God. That's the title of Yuval Harari's book, uh, Homo Deus. Uh, and and we don't have to live there. That's that's the better future that we can strive towards.
0: Doctor, we're obviously out of time, uh, and I want to. Uh, uh, I I have a lot of other questions, and I'd love to have you back on in the next few weeks and 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 go into a little more detail. But most important, how do people get your book?
1: Uh, right now, thanks for saying that. Right now, our book, and Ed Dowd's book, Cause Unknown and uh so this chronicles the epidemic of sudden deaths over the last couple of years and bobby kennedy's book the real anthony fauci are all available for free until next monday through amazon kindle so you can download those we want that all that information to be available but otherwise you can buy them as hardbacks uh from uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. You can buy them direct from Skyhorse. They're available through most booksellers, uh, and um, but but for those that want to pick it up immediately and start reading, you can get them free from now until Monday uh, on Amazon through their Kindle or eBook section. And how do we follow you and your wife? Well, thank you very much. Uh, the best is our Substack rwmalonemd.substack.com. And you don't have to pay. The, again, our goal is to get the information out. If you subscribe, it'll come directly to your inbox and in your email on a daily basis, unless you have a Microsoft product and then it goes into your junk mail. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, also on social media, at MaloneMD And our Twitter following now, since we got the switch flipped back on in December, late December, is uh, approaching 1.1 million followers, uh, wow. and the substack is typically reaching uh, between half a million and a million people every day, day after day after day. Wonderful.
0: It's a pleasure to see you again, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again
1: in the next few weeks. Thanks, Dan, and best wishes to your wife. Thank you. We'll be right back.
0: If you're enjoying this show, I invite you to go to blacksandwhites.us to look at the show menu of other people who are joining our network to express their opinions in a free and open way. Come join us.